Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here today and joined by my colleague, Alexa Kane, financial planner at Pearl Planning. We're so excited to talk about Giving Tuesday, uh, one of the biggest charitable events of the year. Alexa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. You know, we have Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow, so I think it's a, a good topic to discuss this time of year. So Giving Tuesday originally started in 2012, but are there any other fun facts about the day? Well, the day is always the Tuesday after Black Friday, also the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And as Alexa mentioned, if you hear any background noise from me, I'm um, working on the turkey brine and kids are running around the house because we've got Thanksgiving tomorrow and we'll be releasing this on Giving Tuesday. Um, But it has quickly become one of the most important days for charities of the year. And in fact, $2.47 billion was donated on Giving Tuesday last year, and there were more than 34 million participants. Those numbers just boggle the mind. They're really a big deal. That is a, a crazy amount. And I think in a world where everything is about buying, a lot of people have been taking steps, giving back to charities and I mean, both of us with kids, we all know that there, <laughs> there's plenty of toys and everything. So I know we always try and look at, okay, how can we, you know, maybe do something in honor of our son or in, in place of the, the stuff that we typically. We always encourage people to think about experiences just as much or more than stuff. And I agree with you, Alexa, donating to charitable organizations and giving it is an experience and it can be very powerful on its positive impact to you psychologically. And I think it is one of the best ways to start to teach your family about money. It can be a family tradition. And I know Patrick is a little bit younger, but my kids really enjoy that aspect of the holiday season, thinking about how they can help others. This year, we're going to adopt a foster kid and by doing that, we're going to be shopping for their Christmas presents. And um, in last year, my daughter did a project to give stuffed animals to the homeless. So I I think that those experiences and just talking about money and, and haves and have nots and how you can help others can be really important foundation for families. I agree. And I think as the, the kids get older, you know, the experiences are great. And then once the the children are adults, if you're in that mindset of giving to, you know, get them involved in different ways of, you know, helping to to pick the charities where the money's going to, talking through how you've decided which charities to give to in the past and, you know, helping them understand where, (laughs) where your heart is and where your, you know, giving mindset comes from and also how you 
make those decisions because there's so many charities out there to choose from. And that's, you know, putting your dollars to work effectively there. I want, I always want to start when talking about charitable giving by talking about why, and the why is not a tax break. The why is not, you know, financially motivated to begin with. Hopefully the why is from your heart. But then as financial planners, we, of course, turn into the geeks that we are and also want to educate you about how to do giving in a financially efficient way. (laughs) And so I, I think there are a few strategies that it's worth mentioning this time of year. And the first that I would mention is that in the past, a lot of people itemized deductions and and that's changed more recently. So you need to be aware of when you get a tax benefit and when you don't. Yes. So if people are going to be taking the standard deduction, what's a, a good way for them to get the most bang for their buck when giving to charity? Well, I if you're taking the standard deduction, you may want to bundle your charitable gifts. So maybe you're giving $5,000 each year to your church, but you may decide, oh, I'm going to, you know, kind of do that gift in 2021 and then we'll skip a year and then do it again in 2023. So then that might tip you over to the pass the standard deduction to itemizing. Um, It's a little bit easier for single people to get to that itemizing amount than a married family. So just be aware of the numbers. And that's definitely something we look at when we look at tax returns, like how close are you to itemizing? There have been some smaller amounts that you're able to deduct um, regardless as relates to some COVID relief, um, but they're pretty minor. Mm -hmm. If you're over age 70 and a half, though, and you're probably familiar then with required minimum distributions for your IRA accounts, retirement accounts, then if you have IRAs, not 401ks, you are allowed to do a qualified charitable distribution. It's not completely synced up with your required minimum distributions anymore. It it is at age 70 and a half versus age 72. So that's just a little bit of a legislative kind of head scratcher, but we'll take it. Um, But in that case, you can get a tax break without itemizing because you don't have to report the income that goes straight to charities. And we have some clients kind of tallying up their year in gifts right around Giving Tuesday so that they're going to be sending some checks out of their IRA accounts. Yeah, I think the the qualified charitable distributions has been a a really great, great way for them to get it directly to the the charities. And administratively, it's it's pretty easy for for the clients to get those taken care of as well. It's so true. And for those of you that are working, I, I know, Alexa, our clientele has had more equity compensation. So that's stock options, restricted stock units or participation in employee stock purchase plans than ever before. And so that, to me, highlights that you may have stock that has risen in value that you may want to give to a charitable organization. Because if you paid less than you currently have in value of the stock, then that appreciation go away from being a potential future tax bill. And we call that donating appreciated stock. That one is is pretty powerful too, because, or when people give cash, you're typically having to, to get the cash from somewhere. So rather than having to sell those stocks and take the the tax hit, you're able to gift it to the, the charity where they won't have a tax bill associated with 
selling that. Yes. And a few words to the wise. It's typically long-term capital gain stock that you want to give. And it is something where you may need a bit more information from the charitable organization. If they're really small and kind of just getting started, they may not have a stock account for you to receive the funds into. So be willing to do a little bit of extra legwork. But I always love an opportunity where you're able to give and also able to get a benefit, a tax benefit, or just, you know, kind of give in a more efficient manner that might boost your gift or increase your inclination to give. And so we would always encourage you to think through exactly what account is this coming from? Are we writing a check or swiping a card or, or would there be a more thoughtful way to give? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then the, the one other way that can also have big impacts on the taxes is the donor advice fund. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. And if you are listening and you're like, oh, I think that makes sense, then you can do a little research as well. We have written articles and had webinars about donor advice funds. So I'm going to go high level um, knowing that you may need to have a longer conversation if this is something that applies to you. But donor advised funds are kind of like a charitable foundation. They are an investment account or an account that is set up for you that allows you to give over time. But the point in time that you report that charitable giving to the IRS is the moment in time that you put the either cash or stock into the account. So we just talked about donating appreciated stock and how you may need to know, you know each charity's info in order to give that way. With a donor advised fund, you could put stock right into the donor advised account. And then perhaps it would be managed longer term for you, or perhaps um, you would just want to have checks issued, but the charity itself doesn't have to accept stock. Instead, they can receive checks. And when we go back to that idea of kind of bundling your charitable gift, or you might do a multiplier for this year, uh, or you have a high tax year this year, so it would be more beneficial with high income this year than next year to make a charitable gift, then you have full control over when you kind of report and then thus hopefully get a tax benefit or itemizing for your gift. And it can really turn into a legacy account. So it can be something that grows over time and is part of your funding. But a couple of things to keep in mind, again, you're going to be thinking about long-term appreciated stock if you're giving, and we love the idea of giving stock to these donor advised funds. Additionally, you need to make sure you're not giving for pledges. If you pledged the funds, the IRS wouldn't like that you were giving it out of a donor advised fund. And so what I do, like when I'm filling out my church pledge form, is I cross out the word pledge and it's instead an intent to give. I'm not making a pledge. I I just have a intent that I will be giving over time and still give them the same information. Um, so there's a few details and, and certainly you'd want to talk to your tax advisor before establishing a fund, but they're available at a variety of places. So you have a lot of options. Community foundations have them. And also the big brokerage firms like Fidelity, Schwab, Raymond James, they're growing in popularity more than ever, especially because the stock market has so much appreciation right now. That helps. And the one thing I like about the donor advised funds is it doesn't have to all be allocated when you're doing it. So if you donate 10,000 of the appreciated stock and you do 2,000 of gifts this year, it still has value over time and can can grow and adapt as your charitable inclinations change. 
Well, and that's a good reminder too, Alexa, that your charitable preferences may change over time. And so it would be valuable to spend some time reflecting on what has felt most powerful for you, the organizations that matter to you. Of course, the world is changing. And um, I think that's why Giving Tuesday is so popular because people do see the need in the world. And so if you spend some time reflecting on what matters to you, I know for some clients, they've expanded their giving. For others, they may have reduced the number of places they give, but give bigger amounts. And of course, all this talk about giving money to charity doesn't discount the wonderful work that so many volunteers do in giving their time and talents. And so we want to make sure that we honor those people as well who are maybe not writing checks or giving stock, but are able to make a difference in organizations with the use of their time. Yes, I I agree completely. And, you know, the same with small businesses. If the organizations are posting stuff that (laughs) resonates with you or that you care about sharing, it's also impactful, even if it's not not dollars. There's a lot that we can do that isn't tied to our, our money. And for me personally, my gifts are are geographically focused to make a difference for community around me. And I think that's a great reminder too, Alexa, that when you see something that you like, you know, expanding, spreading the word, whether it's sharing our podcast, quick plug, um, so others can hear it, or uh, being aware that if you are sharing that you participated in Giving Tuesday, it may encourage other people to think more about charitable gifts and be inspired. So just like we like to talk about, you know, kind of personal finance topics and and really be pretty open about money so that other people get familiar with talking about money. I'm planning on doing a post to say the organizations that I'm going to be giving to on, on Giving Tuesday. And that's not because I'm expecting accolades. I just think that it helps other people to think about where they may want to give. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to express appreciation because we're now in the holiday season for all of our listeners and the Pearl Planning community. Alexa, I really appreciate you. I'm so glad that we've been able to work together this past year. And also for those of you thinking about ways to give, hopefully we had some helpful ideas so that you're a little more inspired to tackle Giving Tuesday with meaning and purpose. Oh, yeah, go I ahead. just going to say if there's any questions, just send us an email or give us a call. We're, we love talking about the, <laughs> the finance and tax side of it. So we're happy to, to work through your situation. And if you check out our show notes, we'll have some links to some other charitable topics that we've talked about in the past so that you have a little bit more of a resource when you're thinking about giving. And with that, go and have a great start to the holiday season. and. Um, we appreciate you. Thanks, Alexa. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.